So, you want to do an intro and introduce the podcast that we may or may not be doing semi-regularly? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel very woefully unprepared. Like, yeah. don't have an intro. What should we talk about? Uh, I think we can probably, it's safe to say that we can probably introduce ourselves to start this off. All right. Well, leading away, um, I'm Carl Crashwagon, Cement Hands on the Forum. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Hey, here we I've, are. I've done I've done a lot of uh, site jobs. I've dabbled around. I've unexpectedly uh, won an MVP award one season. Uh, we can get into that a bit more later. And yeah, right wing for Baltimore Platoon. Uh, and then you got me. I'm uh, Kale Salad on the website. My player is Nathan Thomas, formerly of Maine and San Francisco, and now with the new expansion team, the Philadelphia Forge. Uh, you actually recruited me to the website. I've uh, been around for a bit now, a couple of or about a year now, I guess. But uh, yeah, so we figured it was time for us to start a podcast. So here's our shot. Yeah, we uh, is kind of a big moment because we've been talking about a podcast just in general for years, maybe even decades at this point. Um, this is about general and just banter, but uh, this will this will be a good ice break into into this world. And we might as well make some fake fake hockey money for it too. So <laughs> fake hockey money is among my favorite currencies. Uh, so I guess I will get right into some questions right off the hop here and ask you probably the most obvious, but uh, how did you get started with the SHL? I was actually thinking about this earlier today because I thought this was a good talking point. Um, I was at my old job and I was lurking on Reddit as I did quite frequently. And uh, I was just on the hockey forum and it was in the summer and I saw this post for this sim league and I was like, okay, and uh, I went to the site and I read the post and I read some of the some of the comments below it from members. And it was basically sold as a uh, fantasy hockey D&D type model. And I was I was intrigued because like that's when I just pretty recently moved to Calgary. I think I was here for maybe four months and left my D&D group behind and I was kind of yearning for that and i was like you know what i'll check it out so i lurked on the site for about a week i read through uh player creation guide and i re was reading through the forums and it looked big and scary and i didn't really know what i was getting into it was this form based thing i'd never heard or never seen anything like that before and uh yeah i just followed the walkthrough videos, created a player. Uh, I remember going through the international forums because I wanted to create a Swedish player first, but I looked on uh, uh, the IHF stuff on the site and it basically said Sweden was a full nation or that's the inkling I got. And then I was like, okay, well, they say it's going to be hard to find a team. So let's go to a team that's a bit less populated. And like Canada was the same way. And I think Japan was too, which caught me off guard. And I saw Germany was a good team that wasn't full. So I was like, okay, this will be cool. I could start here. And that's kind of how I chose a German player to start. 
And yeah, it took me about a week to create. And I remember uh, it was finally approved like a day before the draft. And I remember working with player mentors because my build was all kinds of trouble and my archetype i remember i chose like uh this is back on simon t so it was uh i think it was power forward and right away they're just like yeah don't pick that pick like one of these things and don't take this as your weakness take this and a whole bunch of things that you have no idea as a fresh new person coming in uh so did that completely wrong and then yeah just kind of sat there and waited for for the draft to roll around um and Bit then, of a rocky start to the league there <laughs> it was it was a very rocky start yeah uh and and i remember like uh from scouting i uh, got a couple scouting messages uh one thing i'm proud about uh with the jays is i feel the scouting overall is is a lot better and the jays gms and jays scouts are they kind of do a lot of the uh the mentorship or helping new players kind of get familiar with the site. I check out these things that are important to do, uh, post in these kind of threads. Um, remember I posted in all the interested prospect threads and I was kind of getting tired of it because it was taking me a long time to do. And then they were all the same questions. So as soon as I found a team with a different question, I got kind of happy. I remember uh, Lethbridge at the time, they... I remember liking theirs because it was only one question and it was a silly one. Okay. Um, and Do you remember they what said, the question was? I got no idea. But <laughs> I remember they said uh, in it, it's like, hey, like everybody else is asking you these questions, so we're going to keep it simple. And I remember being like, oh, yeah, awesome. That was that was good because it's not the seven questions that are like, oh, have you ever played Sim League before? What's your experience? Who's your favorite hockey team? Like... Yeah, a lot of crap that doesn't matter. And then uh, I remember just getting there were some prompts for like some of the PTs at the start that I didn't like, so I just didn't do them. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, this is stupid. I'm not going to write about this. And uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, obviously, I'll just lead to the next question that it, because let's see. So how much is it? Do you think that the site's changed? Because it's obviously changed quite a bit from back then. So. What are your thoughts on the changes? Well, also being involved in a couple of them, um, I, I think I think they're all for the better. Uh, like I think SCHS was just a bad engine in the fact that um, it was it was old, it was clunky, it was basically like using twenty year old software where like FHM isn't perfect, but I, I'm hoping it's kind of a platform that we can build on. And as it gets better and as it gets more resources, hopefully a lot of our our asks and requests can kind of be uh, combined into there. But I, I think overall the sites, like especially these new banners, I love them. And they just popped up like yesterday or two days ago. Yeah, absolutely. I think they look really clean and nice. They look fantastic. That is, I, I, I think it was Teddy's doing or who did it, but they I, look... I thought it was Luke TD. I could be mistaken. Um, feel free to comment and uh, tell us that we're wrong here and correct us, but so we can give the proper credit here. But um, they do look amazing. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. 
And I remember, uh, I just made you remember, in one of the discords, people were linking some of the old budgets when these ones came out. And I remember there was like three teams, and one of them was Minnesota. And Minnesota was slightly off-centered. It was to the left, and it looked bigger than the other ones. And it just looked so out of place <laughs> in, in that photo. Oh, yeah, these banners are great. Because, like, I don't know. Before, it didn't really notice them. Uh, I don't use light mode, so people were saying it looks better on dark mode. Um, I didn't have a problem before, but these are very clean and nice looking. Absolutely. Um yeah, I guess I should introduce myself as well. Uh, obviously, Kale Salad. Um, I actually got started on the site because of you. Uh, you harassed me for probably about a year to finally. <laughs> yeah, I finally think I was harassing you guys. Like, I think it was at least like eight months straight or like a year. Every time it came like trade deadline, I would poke you guys. Hey, you guys should create. This is pretty fun. And then uh, again before the draft. So every season. Well, and I kept remembering it was like the worst possible timing ever for me. And then it finally came around to a point that I was like, you know, I'll do it next time. Let me know. And then long behold, like a month later, you're like, hey, it's time again. <clears throat> so I was like, well, I guess I owe him now. I said I would next time. So I got involved. And yeah, obviously, it was a little bit easier for me to get in with the FHM already kind of taking hold. I think, there, I think when I joined, they had just switched over. So there was still kind of a lot of changes happening. Um I obviously was not very active. I did the bare minimum my first season, which uh, <laughs> was whatever, but had some other stuff going on in life and whatnot, but uh, really kind of caught on after after the SHL draft that season and became pre pretty much max earning since then. So I am still significantly further behind the rest of my draft class, but it's all right. It's been fun and uh, it's been pretty, pretty interesting. And obviously uh, knowing you, <laughs> I didn't do much of the, much of the, any sort of scouting or worried about too much of it until uh, I started trying to just apply for some of that stuff for the SHL draft. But yeah, like you said, I do remember filling out some of those questionnaires and going basically copy and pasting because most of it was pretty similar. Yeah, um, well, and I remember for, for your SHL draft, I was, I was a little bit worried that you might not get picked up because we were chatting about like what teams reached out to you. And I remember yeah. uh, talking in our... Uh, like in, in Baltimore and we just, we weren't picking up. Uh, I think we were looking to draft one or two guys and they were yeah. much earlier. And I yeah. was like, well, it, okay, it is what it is. But uh, <laughs> um, I remember like going around to the other teams and like anybody who posted like interested prospect threads or anything like that on their forum page, which I guess yeah. they're all gone now. Yep. Or no, that's <laughs> locker rooms. Anyways, but uh uh yeah you'd fill those out and i that's what ultimately got you drafted by texas well it was that and it was uh a media piece i ended up doing a media piece just before the draft too <laughs> i finally decided i should do something <laughs> uh i remember making some brit bullshit up pretty much about uh my stats in the lineup despite only playing half the games for Maine that year <laughs> all right because we had you we had you as like a forward that first season and i don't even that think, was wasn't that, wasn't that was that before the, the first season? expansion no we the second I, season i remember we moved you back to d on your second season oh but, i could have uh, swore that it was i played like seven or ten games or something or 15 games as defense like i split it with someone and then the next season, we were full up again on defense. So I played like fourth line or something. 
oh, I maybe. thought that's what it was, hmm. but that, I could that be might, mistaken. That might have been the case, actually. That's starting to ring a bell. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I remember that was, like, before the first expansion, and I remember, like, in, in the Jay's GM chat, we were all talking, we are like, we're, we're full. Like, we don't have any space. <laughs> Everybody on our roster is active. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, which led to Quebec and Nevada joining us. Yeah, well, I think it just kind of showed too, like just the health of the league, and obviously with the world pandemic going on, I think it was just kind of a timing thing too that everyone was looking for some other way to be entertained and whatnot. And long behold, the SHL really took off right around then too, right? Yeah, I re- I remember we had a couple big drafts. One of them was a Reddit one, so we were kind of expecting that. But uh, in head office, when we were talking about how to handle it, because we we were. Actually, me probably more than some of the other guys, but I remember being worried that this is just a temporary while the world is on lockdown for the pandemic. And because uh, I remember it was the S53 class, I think, and maybe S55, like two non Reddit classes that were pretty deep. And yep. they didn't drop off as much as some of the other classes dropped off. Like, I think we went from about 30 active-ish players per SHL draft to, like, there was 40 all of a sudden. And that's yeah. not that big of a jump, but if you're if you're inputting a bunch more players <coughs> who are actually earning every season into the SHL, where I remember, like, that's when we started talking about changing regressions, so it hits a little harder at that at those higher year totals. Yeah. Um, we were trying to figure out ways to make it so people had space to play. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it was it was good because like especially looking at uh, like the, the I guess the sister leagues ISFL uh, they had a yeah. massive massive Reddit recruiting and they retained a lot of it but it was a huge drop off as well and like that's that's a bit scary to deal with from a logistics perspective because you need to make room for the players and then figure out what to do when a large chunk of them leave. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what makes the, the two expansions like happening so quickly kind of crazy, right? Like even this last one with just how, pipe, how stuffed the pipelines were for so many SHL teams and everything to have the need for two teams, not just one, but two new teams to join this, this season. Right. So, and what is it like? It was it two, three years since Seattle joined or seasons, I should say. I think it's only been three seasons between SHL expansions, which is big. Like, yeah, sure. They, they only run the three forward lines and three D lines, but still you hit that log jam. And then for there, there was a couple seasons where we're sitting uh, and goalies were an issue because all the teams already had their goalie. So there wasn't space for new goalies, but in the juniors, those teams all still needed goalies. Yeah. You almost... It, it kind of sucks, but like to, to fix it, you kind of need guys to create and then get disassociated with the league and just <laughs> drop off. Or, so you have an active goalie that so you can pick up. <laughs> yeah, there's something to be said there, and I think they've done a pretty good job handling that, especially is it just after your first season of the junior, you can transition out of goalie to be something else. Yeah, yeah, uh, they added so, that one in. So they've done a lot of steps, I think, to kind of correct that, and that's good to see. But yeah, with more teams, you obviously need more, more players and everything, but 
tough, tough, tough spot being a goalie. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think it's, it's good. I think you can kind of speak on it a little bit because you've got, you do have some perspective as yeah, you were drafted. It's not like you weren't drafted, but you're drafted to Texas who didn't have any room on their roster, which is okay. You're a prospect, but they didn't have any cap. Yeah. So they, they ended up flipping you. Uh, you're traded before you even signed an SHL contract. <laughs> That's right. It was kind of a, well, yeah, it was kind of a weird scenario. I remember actually I was, I was actually headed out to the lake and the lake, there was basically no cell coverage. So I remember getting drafted on like, I think it was like a Thursday or, or Wednesday or Thursday night kind of thing. And I was like, oh, I was kind of happy, whatever. I went to Texas, got drafted like 55th overall or something. And uh, like way late and whatever, but uh, it was ex- it was still exciting for me. I was still happy to that for that to happen, considering I had done so little on actually on the site. And then I had missed a message uh, from the Texas GM basically saying, are you cool with this for a contract? And then I tried reaching out a couple of days later and it was like, oh, uh, I never got really anything for a response. And suddenly I'm getting pinged on the website because I've been trained. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay then. <laughs> I was like, that was fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, ended up uh, being traded to SFP. Uh, they kind of went through whatever they went through there and things kind of got blown up and they got forced into a rebuild. So ended up being basically drafted there. Um, I think that was daft, right? Um, yeah, so daft, I think, was the co. But he took uh, over. That was yeah. He he was like happened. he was interim head when when everything blew up because <laughs> Grape was the uh, was the head GM and he kind of he kind of went AWOL. Yeah. Um, so Daft went in as an interim role, and we can get into it later and discuss yeah. it in detail. But I think there was a an issue with the budget, and they were over. So either way, they needed to move some pieces, and then a lot of pieces ended up moving. Yeah, and then so I ended up being joining San Francisco <laughs> that way, and promptly getting signed to a contract and going back down to Maine, obviously, to play out my junior career. But yeah, it was kind of a interesting, interesting introduction to the league. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, and it is—it's a big change from like, I guess, juniors. Uh, when you're a fresh player coming in, you get your junior team, and that's who you kind of grow with. And it's like, I remember, like for Halifax, there were it was like myself and and Adam Barron were like the two guys who moved out of the Halifax team from that draft class into the SHL. And yeah. even though I think Halifax drafted seven rounds or so, um, but that's, that's the sim league thing. Like you get a lot of people dropping off. And yeah. so I always kind of felt connected with him a little bit, but uh, the funny thing was like, we, we both shared the same experience of the first ever playoff series win because my three seasons in Halifax, even though two of those teams finished pretty high, I think uh, my first season and my third season with them, we finished third overall in the league and we were looking for a run. And I think both times we got stomped by, I want to say it was Montreal in the first round and, or 
the first time was Montreal and they went on to win the cup and we gave them a seven game series and they went on to like, I think they swept the next round and lost one game in the next one. But <laughs> it was really like, so I, I remember it was, I think that was your third season and we went on the Halifax run and it was, it was exciting because it, it had been a few seasons for me, like, I was in there both like as GM and both as a player because Baltimore never made the playoffs uh, since I was drafted there either. And oh, you're like, jumping ahead a little bit there. You 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 said Halifax, but then you and you're talking about me being there and going on a playoff run. That was with Maine, right? That was after they moved. Okay, yeah. So that would be Maine, the franchise, <laughs> yeah. I guess. The um, franchise move, same same team, just different name. <laughs> yeah, just slightly <laughs> south, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, so that was exciting, and we kind of both went through that at the same time. For me, it was like a big monkey off the back because it was both teams that I was associated with, uh, both having some, <laughs> some pretty rough luck for the start of my career with them. Yeah, and especially especially both being in the first round of playoffs too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I seem to recall. My first season in the juniors, I think we lost out in the first round, or maybe we missed. I can't remember. No, we must have missed the first year. I think it was my second year was the year that everyone's like, oh, you have no business being kind of here. And then we went to the finals. I feel like New that was your third season. Was it my third? I'm pretty sure we missed the playoffs in or no, I think your first season, we were like dead last in the league, but we made the playoffs because that wasn't the expansion yet. Oh, right. And every team made the playoffs. And then after that season, I think we missed. We were one of the two teams to miss. Because I think Carolina went on a run right at the end. Again, that damn franchise. And they, right. uh, they knocked us down into the bottom two. And then I think it's the third season where we had a good team. We just had really shitty luck in the season. And uh, I remember we had... That was after Detroit had their massive run, and then they were really bad afterwards. Um, so I remember we had them first round or something like that, and we, we swept them, and then we we just kept winning, and it was, it was a lot of fun. I pulled it up because the new index is nice and handy. It was season Ooh. 55. Shout out to the index guys. Yes. Shout out to the index guys. Cause this is so much easier to read. You know? <laughs> it was 100% season 55 that we swept Detroit in the first, first round. Uh, we went on to play Anchorage in the second round. And I think that was the series that we went down three, one. Yeah. We went down three, one to Anchorage and came and then back one, four, three. And then we beat Kelowna four, <laughs> three. I think we did the same thing. Did we not? So the Kelowna one, I think we were down, I think it was 2-2, two, two, and then they won one, and then we took the last two. But the funny thing about the Anchorage one was, I have to dig a bit in my memory, but I remember talking with Koa, and uh, we were uh, we were, we were testing a lot. He was testing a lot more than I was. Um, he had a bit more time for it, but like... We were we were trying everything, and then we we're just like, well, you know what? This is the best combo we have. Let's uh, let's roll with it. And we were down three one in the series, but I think there were like, I think they were all one goal games, or they were all close, or maybe there's a couple overtime losses in there, and they just they sucked. And I remember uh, 
like then we we won the first game so okay great three three to two and then the game six was scheduled for nighttime i think it was like 7 p.m eastern and yeah so, that's typically so coa was like he's like i'm not gonna make it um you got permission like I talked to the Anchorage GMs, like, if we manage to win game six, we're good to go for game seven. Same lines, just roll it. Yeah. So I remember uh, we're hyped up in the locker room, and we're watching it. I was watching it on uh, on the TV upstairs on the big screen, so nice big 55-inch TV. <laughs> my, my wife has no idea what's going on. <laughs> and uh, and I, I'm pretty sure we won in overtime. Yes, it was 5-4 in overtime. Yeah, and we're like, oh my god, and like that's like that's when Bloomy went unreal, and Sutton had an amazing offensive run on playoffs, and then uh, we're ready to go again. So I think we had to do uh, the other series that was going on. I think they also had to play, so I think they went, and then we reversed seated, so we had to wait for them to go, and then it was finally our turn. And I don't remember how game seven went at all but i remember we won and the locker room just blew up and i remember like coa like popped in maybe about in 20 <laughs> minutes after the the last game was over so it was like 3 a.m his time and he's like wait what what the <laughs> fuck what the hell we won so the actual last game we won 5-1 5-1 holy shit yeah <laughs> Yeah, we won an o- OT in Game Six, five four, and then we went to Game Seven right after, and we won five one. So just double shout out to the index because I remember <laughs> the old index. Uh, something was weird with it, and it showed that that was a six game series. Because <laughs> yes. I remember talking to you about that. I was like, no, 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 it went to seven. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That is right. I remember that because I was trying to do a write up about it. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't couldn't remember how it all went down. I was like, this isn't right. <laughs> But yes, no, this I, this new index is amazing. <laughs> it's so much better to man, manage and navigate through it. So, But yes, yeah. then we went on to face Kelowna. And it looks like we took game one, lost to Kelowna in OT. Kelowna beat us. We battled back and won the next one. So series is tied 2-2. Kelowna in OT, then we destroyed them 6-0 to force game seven. And we took them down 4-1 in game seven. Oof, solid. Yes. To be the uh, to be the Western Conference champions. <laughs> That's right. Because of the playoff face, seed. And then face and Newfoundland in the finals. Yeah. <laughs> from me. Which from from our own division. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I got Suave to make a uh, a Western Conference championship bet. <laughs> <laughs> Out uh, of Maine, Western Conference Championship. Yep. <laughs> But then, yes, unfortunately, we ended up going on to looks like uh, have I a think six it was game, six, six yeah. game series with Newfoundland, and just couldn't pull that one out. So that was a tough one, tough one to swallow, especially against a division rival. It was, and they've kind of gone on to be the bane for a little bit, but yes, hopefully they, that'll turn soon. That knocked us out the next two seasons, did they not? Yeah, I think uh, I know COA dumped this as a as a fun, not so fun fact, but uh, for a little fact for trivia for you folks, I, Newfoundland has knocked out Maine. I think every playoffs, or it's like <laughs> they 
they've matched up the most or they've won the most matchups of that series out of any junior teams because every playoffs we match up against them and they beat us <laughs> yes the following year season 56 we had high hopes to go back because we had pretty much the exact same team back and we beat st louis four three game seven games oh right one. i remember we we got uh we were heavily favored and st louis did a really good job shutting us down and i remember like throughout the season we had horrible sims against st louis for who knows why whatever reason I and remember this. i remember in in playoffs it was uh of it course was we'd match up your ass them. cheeks because <laughs> it was because <laughs> so i remember we, they were one of the bottom seats and they pushed us that was yeah and then so we ended up beating them and then faced newfoundland the next series and lost 4-1 yeah that sounds that sounds about on par yeah and then I remember I chose to go back down to Maine for my fourth and final season as SFP was still in full rebuild mode. Um, and we had very high hopes for that season. That was season 57. We had a lot of pretty well-capped people at that point, did we not? If I recall I think correctly. So. I think we had three, three seasons of, of strong teams because we had good drafting uh, followed up uh, some of the high guys, and then we we did those trade deadline trades where we we kicked the rebuild down the road a bit, and uh, yeah, we we kept stringing together strong teams on paper. But aside from from the one team that went on the run, we just had trouble in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, it was Newfoundland once again that uh, killed us in the first round. <laughs> yeah. I think I still can't believe that's that. I was. I know. Well, I th did Newfoundland go on to win any of the other seasons aside from uh, that? First they uh, fifty-five. They beat us in the finals. Fifty-six. They lost in the finals to Vancouver. Fifty-seven. They lost out the next round to Quebec uh, after us, and then. 58, they lost out to Anchorage in the third round. Okay. But yeah, that uh, is pretty much my junior my junior career and you as a co-GM for Maine. Uh, in a nutshell, really. But you stuck around for another couple seasons there and just you just retired last season, correct? Um... Uh, I finished off last season. I guess uh, Southpaw took over the duties. Um, right. And this is the first full season? Yeah. Yeah, because I just got GM pay for that. Um, yeah, so it's been kind of... He's kind of taken over the role since the start of the off season, And he's been working with it. And I still helped scout a little bit, but it's really big uh, taking a step back in in active duties, which has been good because I've been looking for, uh, I've been looking to step back for a little while. Um, yep. I guess I can bring this out now. I, I teased it for a while in, in a few of the other locker rooms, but uh, uh, when, when COA got promoted, I was like later that same day, I was going to send him the message that I was going to step down. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, 
well, okay then. Um, and so I remember I reached out to Bad Wolf right away and I told her, I was like, hey, I, I don't want to apply for this because I've already got the I've already got the feelings of stepping down. And it's not that I wanted to be a head GM and that wasn't an opportunity. Um, like that wasn't the reason. I was just like, I was getting burnt out. I think I did eight seasons. Um, where I guess at that point it was like six or seven seasons. And I was just looking to looking to stop maybe write some more media if i wanted to or just like take a break from the leak because it was uh it grinds you sometimes you're getting a little bit of the burnout and you yep. like you said you had touched on before you've had a bunch of different jobs at the league too though right like you were an ho and budget director uh yeah a budget co-director still budget doing that one um but yeah i was an ho for three seasons and I remember after after the second season, um, it was because uh, you do two season terms. And I remember talking, and I think that's when we were doing the expansion the following season. And both of the guys whose terms were up were leaving. And it's like, no, I'll, like I can I can stick around. And getting ready for that expansion was a ton of work and it was like just in in general being in head office is like you're always you're always talking about something like even if the league is se seemingly quiet usually there's something that ha that you have to discuss and i remember like rule like infractions or, or whatever was happening uh, we took a long time to decide. And I, I remember some people gave us crap for uh, announcing the that first expansion. We announced the, the teams and the GMs pretty quickly after we closed, uh, after we had the deadline for expansions. Yep. But like I remember all of us spent a lot of time reading every page of some of those or of all the... Uh, of all the applications. And I remember some of those applications were like 20 pages long. They were Oof. detailed. They were, it, it was a freaking essay and it was an application out of, I think we got about 20. Oh man. And um, I'm, I'm still really happy with, with how it went. Uh, the guys that we chose and, and the guys that we didn't. Uh, I know we got knocked on for like, some poor communication to some of the guys that we did or where they were or feedback for how to improve it to be better but um quite frankly also there were a few applications that were really bad <laughs> and i'll yeah. just leave it at that like um <laughs> it's it's a position that obviously a lot of people wanted and uh i felt like we we got two really solid gms and leaders with uh with what we got and they're there were some really good qualified ones that we had to turn down, but uh, yeah, it's, I guess, to, to improve it, some better communication to some of those close ones. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, I'll, I'll, I'll push back on anybody who, who says that we didn't do due diligence because I know all of us did. And that's, that's what kind of burnt me out. Like I was always on my phone. I was always attached to discord and I, I wanted to have some evenings free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the one thing that I think has become very common amongst a lot of people, especially cross platform, like with a lot of the people being in multiple sim leagues, uh, like PV and ISFL and stuff. I worry about people getting burnt out, I guess a little bit. 
Me too. Um, and but... I remember uh, for, for juniors, and this has changed a little bit, but I remember I would look at the user and I would check out the other, the sister leagues, I guess the main ones, PB and ISFL. And yep. if they were a user there or if they were a heavy user there, I would at the start kind of take note of that. And it wouldn't necessarily be a good thing. It wasn't a bad thing, but it was like, like just chat with them about it in the scouting process. Know that this is probably going to be their second or third league. They're not going to be spending time. They're not going to be maximum earning, but they should be able to get all the PTs from cross claims, <coughs> if nothing else. And as yeah. a GM in the Jays, that's not bad at all. Uh, it's a bigger issue in SHL proper where you want to suss out like, hey, yeah, this guy's a really great earner in PBE. He's got $200 million bank account. That doesn't yeah. necessarily mean they're going to take on the same roles here. And quite frankly, I don't understand how there are some users that can do that. And they've got they've got max earning potential in multiple leagues. And like I, I'm in both ISFL and PBE as well. And I check in both of those leagues. Basically, I log in once a week. I do the update and I check out. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I, I pay attention to the streams sometimes. Um, but it's really, like, I don't have a job there. I'm not looking for a job there. I don't do any media over there. Like, this is my primary league. And those ones feed off of the PTs that I do here. Oh, for sure. And yeah. eventually, I'm going to get you into one of those leagues. With me. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, and it's, uh, I've been kind of starting to take notice a little bit. I'll probably be expanding across platform. But like you, I, I, I've been kind of hesitant to do it just because for the reasons that you just stated too, right? Because uh, like starting to max earn and being quite involved in the locker rooms and stuff in uh, in SHL, it's it's like I really enjoy it, but I'm like well, how much of this do I really want? Especially, like I said, like with summer rolling around here and spending quite a bit of time at the lake too, like not being in cell service and not having that ability to be joined. Like, I feel like you're almost half-assing it. So I'm like, well, I'm kind of a little hesitant right now, but I will probably eventually cr cross, cross over and create somewhere. So <laughs> Yeah. Well, and that, that reminds yeah. me of something else that we've chatted about, but it's like uh, jobs and job availability. And I remember when I started... And one of the questions that I think I got scouted in both leagues and uh, like one of the questions like, hey, like, uh, I, well, I remember it's like, how much TPE do you expect to earn on your player? And I remember like talking to some people and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a 2K player. And I'm like, bullshit, you are like this is that's like a two year commitment. I've been in this league for like three weeks. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be here in two weeks. And so, like, it, it was tough for... I remember talking to some of the SHL scouts, and I think uh, with Manhattan, I was talking to JY when he was scouting me, and I remember... I, I'm, I'm positive it was him who asked, but I was like, I honestly have no idea. I hope to be at least a 1,000, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and, <laughs> and now it's like, if I, you don't hit a 1,000, like, what were you and doing? I crush <laughs> well, like, because now we have, like, a ton of people are hitting 2K, and, like, I just got that badge on my profile myself and it's like kind of like just the consistent earning, but it kind of yeah. gets, it's washed a bit and like people talk about inflation and it's easier to hit. Sure. Whatever. But, um, well, I think money big... still isn't super easy to come by. And like, even if you have a job that doesn't necessarily pay for max training, 
And a lot of jobs out there require a pretty hefty investment. So, and like for you, where you're talking about how your schedule doesn't really set you up for, oh, I can't commit to being available every weekend to do this. Or yeah. if I need to be available a certain day of the week, I can't really do that right now. Yeah. Um, so I, I remember we were finally able to push it through once in my last year in HO, but we did like a, a contract job where it was like clean up the free agent form. And we, yeah. we gave the specifications. This is what we want to see. And we like we finally awarded it, and I felt like it worked really well. Like we got uh, some pretty good interest for from applications, and I think we gave it to to Keenan in uh, Edmonton GM, and he did it right away. And then I remember we had to harass Nor or Corey to get him paid for it. But uh, I remember it was like. The first one we did where it was like a one-off contract position, and I, I like that idea. I think there's availability for more of that kind of thing in the future. Because it can engage people who don't have jobs or people who have difficult schedules. And yeah, if we can pay somebody some site money to do some task that we need done, great. Like, uh, like these banners, I think would have been a great one if, uh, yeah. like if Luke did it and knowing him, if it was him, he probably just kind of did it by himself. Um, but like, that would have been a good one. Be like, Hey, you know what? We're interested in doing site banners. So apply. And this is like, show us some of your art profile and we'll move we'll forward from someone. there. It's like, yeah, this absolutely. is the scope of the job. Do it. And we'll pay you this much. Well, and I think the nice thing about that too, is then you're not leaning heavily on media essentially because that's the only other way to make money right like obviously there's some small stuff like twitter is a very easy way to subsidize your contract in order to basically pay for max max earning for most of the year for most users i'll say um a pretty easy way a couple seconds a day kind of thing throw something out with the hashtag but other than that it's like pretty much get a job or write media to get uh, to to kind of boost your bank account right so yeah and some media... something like that like it, ahead, it, it, it's got a bit of uh, ebb and flow to it. Like I remember when uh, like SHN articles started coming out and it was really cool. Cause like they, they were pretty in depth. They had a lot of stats and then um, just like those articles did well, but I feel like they just kind of did, they got too stagnant. Like, I know they were doing power rankings, and it was always interesting to read and discuss and argue sometimes. But, oh, for sure. Uh, like, good pieces of media like that, and it's it's tough to do consistently. Like, I remember there's one media piece in in my rookie junior year called, like, the Hot Potato or something like that. And it was basically somebody at the start of the year had the potato, and if they got hit, whoever hit them got the potato. And it like it basically every sim it went through and it tracked where the potato went. And I remember they <laughs> hired writers to, okay, you've got this day worth of sim. And then at the end of the year, they did this big uh, recap and they did all these stats over like who had the potato for the longest, who, who lost and then reacquired the potato the most, a lot of things like that, which were like, it was pretty stupid at the, at the face of it but it was it was light it was funny <clears throat> media and it was interesting to read and well, like I'm, obviously it yeah. was because i remember this like 
what are we, probably a year <laughs> and a half after they stopped writing those? Yeah, no doubt. I would say that's a good thing is like so many users on the site now, it, it almost feels like, yeah, there's so much great media out there. Like, don't get me wrong, but it feels like it almost, some of it almost gets lost. <clears throat> like it almost seems like there's so many people putting out so much media that uh, you almost, those comments and things like that almost get buried. It feels like, which I guess it's not a bad thing because there's that many active people on the site. Right. But yeah. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they could did something like that again. That'd be kind of interesting to see, especially now with all the new teams and the new teams and everything, right? So yeah, that many more players that could possibly do it too. Yeah, and that kind of reminded me of uh, one of your former teammates, uh, Many Hands. Oh, yes. Um, (laughs) I I remember scouting him in the J, and like he was full in character, and I love it whenever... Uh, I interact with somebody like that because it, it reminds me of when I started and I was like, Oh yeah, this is like, this is D and D, but hockey themed. Yeah. And very quickly, I like, not necessarily I went away from it because quite honestly, like my party of D and D, we weren't in character all the time and yeah. we turned into murder hobos pretty quickly where <laughs> we just killed everything and we didn't interact with people. We just killed them. Yeah. Um, which essentially like, kind of done the same thing where it's like no i'm me and this is my player and i'm just updating my stats and there's kind of some differences but uh, like i love how he's been able to stay in character and like put media out and how like you guys were saying even in discord he was always in character yeah in the locker that kind of stuff's awesome (laughs) in the locker room he's always in character and he is amazing (laughs) i love when he pipes in he doesn't come in like he didn't come in like a ton at all being a prospect i'm sure he was more active in his junior locker room but when he'd come in and just the way he talked and like ask questions and stuff it was all still in character and honestly it it always gave me a laugh it actually always made me smile and it was just like it, it was just one of those guys that just seems like he uh is just uh, like what you said, just in character and just happy to do it. And I think he gets a kick out of it too. And I, it's entertaining for all of us for sure. Like I know that we all loved it. So yeah. Um, well, and I love it. Cause like, it's, it's gotta yeah. be tough to keep up and it, it oh. takes a commitment to do. So I, I definitely appreciate that. I appreciate his commitment to it. Cause it is amazing. Uh, that That's 100% true. And I, I really look forward to seeing, uh, him come up to the SHL and see what kind of articles he puts out. Cause that was, I always enjoyed when he'd release an article, he'd send us a link and I was just like, I don't even understand half of what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> you are way too smart for me. And the way that he's able to keep character and make it all like make sense essentially as well is just, it is amazing to me. And it is always a good read. <laughs> yeah. 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 <clears throat> well, I uh, have another, or I guess we kind of got sidetracked there a little bit, but <laughs> or carried on. Uh, but next question I was going to ask you about uh, with the new update scale and everything, did you go through a real big rebuilding process for your uh, player, Carl, or did you? Carl, uh, kind of. So it was, it was kind of twofold because this was my first regression as well. So as soon as the regression post came out, actually, like I was, I was doing my update at the same time, because um, I usually try to keep it to like Thursday nights or Fridays, just so I can do all the tasks at once and then claim everything. Uh, it it works for me. 
Um, I know some people do the placeholders, and I'll do that for championship week or if I'm working on something. But most of the stuff, I just do it and then claim it right away if I can. And uh, yeah, so I was working on my update already, and the regression post came out. And then I was instantly confused because there were some things that I had not claimed yet that were on the post. And I just like sent a message to Badwolf and like, hey, can you just kind of like make sure I've got everything right for the first regression? And yeah, I had to claim a bit more and then figure out the new TP I was losing. I think I lost an extra two. Um, but yeah, so I, I did that post first, and then I kept the uh, the redistribution in, in my kind of pocket, knowing that I would have to uh, redo all my stats for the new scale. So I did that the following week, uh, where I regressed out of a couple things. I forget which. I think I had aggression a bit higher, and I dropped it right down. And yeah, then I did the scale, and... I think I got more 18s. Like I lost with regression, I lost my 20s completely. But with the new scale, I think I got a lot more 18s than before. And we'll see how it goes, I guess, this season. So um, when you were doing the redistribution with the uh, with the whole new build, did you basically did you take advantage of it and re kind of build your player and make it more balanced, or did you kind of? stick true to how he was built before and just kind of accept it when use the extra TPE where you could. Well, I guess it's, it's slightly more balanced. <clears throat> I, I'm still building like a power forward. And I did have a chat with, uh, with the Baltimore GMs about, Hey, moving forward because I'm going to be regressing and power forward takes a ton of TPE. Uh, do we want me to keep my my physical attributes so high? Do we want me to keep screening up where it is? And for now, yeah, it, it looks like that's the plan. Um, but yeah, I did have things like uh, at the end, my getting open was 20. I think my shooting accuracy is 20. Those both dropped down to 18 right away. And I think okay. they're still there. One of them might be 19, but... Uh, and I remember just uh, chatting with uh, with people in in general just about builds, and it looked like in general more balanced builds were the way to go, especially with the communication that we got on the update scale. It was kind of like it's not really worth your your TPE investment to bump something all the way up to twenty, uh, and you could argue that it wasn't before, but I did anyways. Um, for sure. Because well, I wasn't I wasn't anywhere near my class leaderboard, and I just wanted to build a power forward, and I wanted to be like I guess I have my own niche, and I think it worked because I got the uh, we we went on the run a couple seasons ago, and like the first one we got into playoffs, and like Carl was freaking scoring every game, like it was that one was really fun to watch. But uh, that was the season you won the goal scoring title, right? Yes, I edged out the last sim of the season. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I remember that. <laughs> um, I think I was actually live watching that. I think I texted you right after. <laughs> but yeah, like that was that was that was really fun to to follow and like something completely unexpected from like both when I started but also like when I was coming up cuz I think even now I'm still like I'm not in the top 10 in TPE for my class, but it was cool to see like Hey, but that doesn't really matter. You can still do good things. 
it gets to a point that the the TPE, yes, is a bonus, and you can maybe add an extra point here or there. But overall, like there's such a, there's a point that it seems like it almost caps anyways. Yeah, and like the the differences uh, once you get to a certain number, and I don't know what that number is if it's like fifteen hundred or sixteen hundred, but then like the difference between your player at that level versus an 1800 player 1850 19 is like maybe two or three attribute points that's it because it gets so expensive right so yeah like once you're once you're paying like 40 attributes to update anything that you want to update it's it's all pretty washed by then yeah well and that goes into point it goes into the point of why they did the update scale right the new scale that we're obviously using this season and in preseason it actually like i know it seems like it was a pretty pretty interesting preseason because of it, right? So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> from the little bit I've I've looked at, I've kind of looked at some box scores, and it looks like scoring's up, which is fun. Uh, yes, goalies I've... might argue that, but I think it's fun. <laughs> it's um, always good to see goals. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, and and like from from you, like we were chatting before we started this, and I think you said you had like five points through six preseason games or something like that uh, I and five and seven yeah five and I, was seven. Kind of, I was a little surprised i was like i don't i think i the most of my career yeah well, not like... bad because <laughs> yeah you're an offensive leaning defenseman but uh it was a big jump up and your tp overall numbers aren't that high and you're on a uh you're on an expansion team so yep. overall the team isn't full of capped guys not well, yet. No. And that's one thing, like, it's very interesting, actually. Kind of excited to see what Philly was going to do because we, like, obviously, ass clap and ass will clap. Am I saying that right? And, it's ass clap, uh, I think. Okay. And, um, and Honkers there clearly drafted almost exclusively from three, from S53 to S55, it seemed. Um, so we have a lot of people from like my class or the classes before, <laughs> and we like looking at our roster, like I think our average TP is like 1100 and that's exactly like our, our offense is like just under that and our defense is just above that. But then we have two like 1200 TP goalies. So <laughs> it, we're very like averaged out all the way through our team so it's we don't really have a high ceiling but we don't really have a a low end either so it's kind of an interesting trade-off and i think with the new tpes redistribution this year we saw it and we ended up going um uh five and one and one in the seven games and like we beat texas we beat uh Actually, I don't even remember who all we played. To be totally honest, but we played. We went. We lost to Toronto in overtime or a shootout. Um, I think we. Uh, give me a second. I'll have to find this. <laughs> yeah, no worries. But yeah, um, like the TPE, I guess normalization. Yes. Would be a word for it. Um, yes, that's probably. The I best think way that to was good because, like, the goal of it, and I think they achieved it, was to uh, make make low end players viable to play on bottom pairing. So like I remember we, when we were started to talk about this, uh, I was still in HO and the, the goal was to kind of make like around 650, 700 players be viable choices. Like they're not going to be 
good by any stretch of the word, but they weren't going to be garbage. They weren't going to be as much of a liability as they were with that scale. Absolutely. Uh, with the old scale and make them so, yeah, they're, you can actually play them. And I think they hit that. And I think the bigger thing is like your middle TPE players. So I want to say that that ranges from like from a thousand at the bottom all the way up to like 13, 1400. Yeah, I'd say about 1400 probably. That range, they can actually be pretty good, which I think they hit that because like your experience with preseason and with a few other guys who are lower, like they've been able to do really good post really good numbers like uh and then if you if you cap out like i guess you're not capped out you can always improve but a lot of yes. the like my player who's 1900 like he's pretty comparable to like i guess an s51 class leading guy who's like 2100 like a 200 tp difference but yeah i, I think at the end of the day it's going to be pretty pretty close to even right Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I guess an, another thing that this helps is the players that aren't max earning, because I don't think you should have to max earn to have a place on a team, like even second line players. Yes. Um, and I, I want to see if the, if the new salary cap or the new, the new budgets can, uh, kind of even it out where you can yeah you, you don't need the guys to max earn on the absolute minimum contracts like they need to buy coaching every year they need to buy like everything yeah uh, to to be a good player like that there should still be a spot for those players to live and thrive but um it needs to be more inclusive to the middling levels I was just saying, I think like the biggest evidence of that is like you're these 800, 900, or even 1100 TPE guys on some of these teams now aren't only playing 15 minutes a night if they're like a defensive pairing or third line centers. They like you're not trying to almost like hide them um, to in leaning on your big guys, right? Like this with this update skill, you have that little bit more parity to allow them to play more and a little bit more freely because they're not like you said, like as a, as big a liability or whatever on the ice or whatever, right? So. Yeah, and it seems like it's pretty easy. It's very easy to get everything up to like a 13. And then getting everything up to 15, it seems like it's a pretty easy commitment and something that you're able to do at a pretty low level. And then moving forward from that, it gets like incrementally more difficult. But it's yeah, but you can start like to it, it really separates. Your roles. Yeah. Like it, it makes lower players, lower TP players viable like actually usable and it's it separates tiers of like you've got your your all-star players you've got your good players and then you've got your capable players yep and absolutely. hell like uh i remember like when i started i was like oh there's no way i'm gonna be max earning there's like i this is way too much of a commitment for me i just want to like do a little bit of work and like if i can have a third line spot as a shutdown player i'm happy with that obviously that's evolved over time <laughs> i was gonna say um, now you're just an elite goal scorer <laughs> well from from the looks of it not so elite anymore <laughs> that's true <Solid. laughs> but but still like getting back to the root like 
kind of I, I get more excited if I have like a 10 hit game, which I've seen a couple, than if I get uh like two goals. <laughs> like a hat trick is still special, but <laughs> fair enough. And like I think that's the nice thing about the about the site too. Like with the different roles and stuff, like it, having people play different roles, right? Like I know with our team, just um, we were talking about some of the test sims and stuff, and with some of the guys, like with their different roles or whatever, how they were able to basically get us in top five for power plays because he's an agitator or something like that. Like, it's just, it, it's, it's crazy to me how like those different roles can actually play. And it's like more like real life hockey almost a little bit, right? Like everyone's got a role in the team. And if people want to play or accept those roles and stuff, it's pretty cool what you can actually do. with. It's not just about like scoring those goals and whatnot. Right. So. Yeah. You can't have a team full of Cole Caulfield type players. Maybe you can, <laughs> but I don't think that would work very well. Nice shout out to Montreal there. There you go. <laughs> Not a Habs fan, but I'm I'm a fan of him. He's yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's been a, even as a Maple Loafs fan, uh, it's been tough. But uh, it's been it was three one. <laughs> it was three one. <laughs> uh, but it's been tough. But uh, it actually, honestly, it's been fun watching them play and watching those young guys make the most of their opportunities. And it's been exciting to watch that team play actually through the playoffs. So. Yeah, and I remember we were chatting about this yesterday, but I remember uh, mentioning, I was like, so usually when uh, when the playoffs are going on and uh, as teams get eliminated, uh, especially like Canadian located teams, I remember like one of the things I hate is the media always picks up. It's like, oh, this is Canada's last chance to get the Stanley Cup. And I get so pissed off at, at that. I'm like, oh, fuck off. Like, uh, I remember a few years ago um, when San Jose was kind of at the top and I was cheering for them. I think it was against Pittsburgh, but like San Jose had like 18 of 21 players were Canadian. And yep. I think they played against Vancouver. I, I'm sure it was because I really didn't like it. And uh <laughs> Uh, and I remember they were talking about it, and they're like, "Yeah, we got to cheer for the Canadian team, so we got to cheer for Vancouver." And I'm like, "Fuck off! I'm not cheering for Vancouver. Like, I don't, I don't like that team." And like, they're full of like, if, if you're talking about Canadian content, anyways, like almost every other team has more Canadian players. So the argument you're making doesn't make any sense. But I don't have any of that this this uh, this playoffs. It's been I, I've liked the division quite a bit. Like, I like how like. The, all the Canadian teams have battled all season and then like one emerges at the top, but it I have a, none of those feelings like, sorry for cutting you, but nope, uh, you're good. keep going. None of those feelings of like, Oh, I'm not going to cheer for them just because they're Canadian. Like I'm, I'm rooting for them now. And like, it's entertaining. <laughs> I don't know if that's like cheering against Vegas specifically, but I think <laughs> like, even if, if they win the next game, if they make the finals, I think I'd still cheer for them against tampa or new york like i've i've enjoyed watching them play it's it's yeah. cool yeah you know it uh yeah it's been something else and i think the easiest way to describe why i could cheer why i don't feel bad for cheering for montreal is uh the name carrie price <laughs> he's oh yeah so much he's done so much for team canada and everything and is an elite goalie in every way shape and form and Truthfully, he deserves a cup, and he is playing lights out, and <laughs> very well could carry them there. So he does. I remember, like, he's probably better, but I remember like some connections to like Tim Thomas of of Thomas's prime on like a really good Boston team. But 
I remember like sitting there. It's like Thomas is a guy who can steal like at least one game a series. He can just shut the other team down, and yeah. all you need to do is score one goal to win it. But like Price, and, and I feel for the guy a bit because like the media has shit on him a lot this year because he was injured and he wasn't at his best during the season. But that's the season. Like honestly, who cares? It's the regular season. Yeah. I don't watch regular season games anyways. Like I, I tune in for playoffs and I watch a lot of the playoffs, but a lot of times regular season just like it's just a it's the cash grab. That's where they get their money. Yeah. Um but yeah, like who cares about those? Like at the end of the day, it's like can you win? And and he's winning on the big stage right now. And like in the yesterday's game, like he made a couple of huge saves and just like especially comparing him to flurry like who's an elite goaltender in his own right like just they looked different like price looked like he was on a separate level than flurry and i'm yeah go price <laughs> yeah no doubt we should probably get back to shl though fine it's <laughs> enough of a little segue but uh yeah shl the montreal patriots or patriots <laughs> yes <laughs> Yes. Well, um, obviously a lot of change this season, off season, with uh, the addition of uh, Montreal and Philadelphia. Um, new update scale. What are your expectations for this year with uh, regular season or playoffs for teams? For teams, just de- general general expectations for the year. Are you thinking? Yeah, there's a clear front runner. Do you think it's going to be pretty level out? Or you put so- you taking to the bank and doing some betting or what? I, I did my casino today, and I'll, I'll go over that in a little bit. But uh, first of all, I'm excited about the new playoff format. I think this was a long time coming, and I think 16-team playoffs are going to be good. And I, I remember the last couple seasons even, and I flipped from saying, like, uh, it doesn't. We don't need like we don't need twelve teams. Like we could go back lower, or we don't need sixteen out of eighteen teams, or sixteen out of sixteen. I think maybe the last two seasons I kind of flipped a little bit where I was like, you know what, maybe 16 out of 18 would have been fine because if it sucks if you're in the bottom two teams, but I went through that in Maine, like where only two teams missed the playoffs and it's a long off season and you got to keep people still interested, still active for another week compared to all the other teams, which isn't super easy to do all the time. But uh, I was kind of thinking like, if yeah, if you get 16 in and like, even if like the 16 seed plays the one seed and they get dominated, just getting into the playoffs feels nice. And um, I, I think it's a good format moving forward as the league grows, because like, if you look at the NHL, we've got a 16 team playoff and we've got 32 teams now and right. they've had a 16 team playoff since they were 24 teams, I think. Um, right. And it's you, you can grow, you can expand with it. I like the the way they have it, where if you have another Great Lakes situation where you've got all the teams in the division just dominating under this format, they can all still make the playoffs. You don't have a team that's fifth overall in the league miss the playoffs because yes. they were just in the wrong division. Yes, that is going to be a major, major upgrade for the playoffs. Yeah, looking forward to that. Um, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna add see. for all the reasons you you added there too, like just the fact of I, I that's why I kind of like the fact that they have the the format the way they have switched it to is 
I was kind of like, well, it kind of sucks when a couple teams miss, but like just for general sake of the site, like you just for the reasons you just noted, like you got to get people keep people interested, right? And even if it is like you said, sixteen versus one or eight versus one or whatever seeds, at least you got some sort of playoffs out of it. Yeah, and like the last two seasons in Baltimore, we've won one playoff game each season. I remember two seasons ago, it was like it was a battle to claw our way into playoffs but we we got there and it was i remember it was super exciting because it was the first time the team made playoffs since i've been on them like since i was drafted to the team uh they made the playoffs the season before and i think they went on a bit of a run i think they lost like in a lengthy second round battle or something like that but then i got drafted and no playoffs (laughs) and (laughs) it was it was tough, and I remember we made the playoffs, and we didn't give a shit that we were... I forget who we were playing against, but uh, we were just happy to be there, right? Yeah. And so, And then we did it again last season, and we won one game, and maybe we were expecting to win two games, so it was a bit of a disappointment, but not that bad. Um, and then this season, like, we, we did some big moves and we brought in some, some pretty skilled guys who I'm excited for because I think that nudges us to the top of the Atlantic division this season. Um, yeah, she's up there. Tampa's <laughs> right up there too. So I, I guess one thing with, with, with that division, I think it's going to be us than Tampa. And then I think Philly and Atlanta are going to fight for that last playoff spot, which like, I'll just I'll root for you. I like hot dog as a GM, and I really love puddles. He's he's my favorite duck, but uh, but I, I gotta go for Philly for that third spot. I will. We appreciate. Uh, I think that's what our kind of goal is right now too. As a team, we really want to. I I think our goal is we're looking to push for playoffs this year. Yeah. Um, I talking about uh, being excited playoff hype. I remember a couple seasons ago being with uh, SFP. San Francisco and matching up against uh, long behold Toronto in the first round. <laughs> Basically oh, yeah. David versus David versus Goliath situation and uh, we took them to seven games. <laughs> and you guys won all your home games, right? It was a home home series advantage. We yeah. everyone won every game at home. And I just remember watching when we were down, I think it was three two in the stream in game six, and we scored with like two minutes left and then Watching the YouTube channel explode <laughs> and the locker room <laughs> explode when we scored an OT to force game seven. It was quickly, it was, like, it was so much fun. And like, I think just having an experience like that, like no one expected us to win a game and let alone, let alone take Toronto to seven. Right. Yeah. Like, put, <laughs> push one of the favorites to seven games. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, and you talk about just getting people involved in playoffs and giving more teams a chance. Like that, it, just having the opportunity of something like that to even happen is just incredible and was super awesome and a super great experience. Right. So I, I think that's a, one, another big reason why it's so great to get teams uh, involved. And uh, give them the opportunity, even if it is just a David versus Goliath matchup type situation, right? So, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> you got predictions for the rest of the rest of the um, divisions? Uh, sure. So, uh, casino wise, I think I did uh, Baltimore over, which I remember seeing that number right away, and I was like, "Oh shit, our our line is thirty eight. I was like, "I don't, I don't know if we're gonna hit that." Then everybody I talked to about testing is like, oh, no, that'll be an easy over. I'm like, 
okay. And then we were talking yesterday or earlier today about it. And I was like, okay, you know what? That's only a little bit over 500. And it's like, I, I think we are at that point now where we should easily be there. Um, so that's my over. And then I think I took uh, Manhattan under, which is risky uh, because I think their, their line is 17. 17.5. Yep. Yeah. So it's, uh, I don't like that's, it's, it's not easy to hit 17, but I don't think that's a sure thing at all. And then the other one I took was um, San Fran under. Because I think they just have... They benefited from a bad division last, uh, I guess, alignment. And I think they're, they're not benefiting from a stronger division because I th- think they've just got those other... Like more powerful teams ahead of them, they're close, but they're just not there yet. And I think they're going to be eating a few extra losses. Well, their division now, the Pacific Division, is Los Angeles, Calgary, Edmonton, Seattle, and San Fran. Like, yeah, that's, who, that's... like <laughs> LA and Seattle. I feel like uh, the last couple seasons they've made pretty big jumps. All Seattle, and Calgary, and Edmonton. Like we just got uh, John Forty One from Edmonton, so maybe that drops them down a little bit. But uh, I, I feel like Calgary and Edmonton are are treading water pretty well. Yeah. And like, sure, they they might have uh, they might have made those moves to to do a small retool, but it's not a full blown rip everything apart rebuild. And it's just a tough, really competitive division that I think they've just got the small straw going into. Yes. And Seattle, unfortunately, has, like I just from my past two seasons with San Fran, Seattle has always matched up well against us, unfortunately. And um, like you, like for the reasons you just added as well, but Los Angeles has been kind of on that cusp a little bit and they made some very big free agent signings. And I think that will kind of push them even a little bit further ahead. So that became a very, very tough division for them. Yeah, they got Jones back, who I think they lost in the f- the first expansion we did. Okay. Yeah, and then you've got yeah. freaking Tig in Seattle. Damn it, Tig. <laughs> for sure. And then next division is Central Division. Central. Central is kind of funny because I feel like Chicago is, especially after the off season, I think they're the favorites to win everything. I think yeah. they're going to win the league. I think they're going to win the playoffs. And then Texas, who I, I think is probably number two for me. Um, they just won everything and they didn't really lose anything. Uh, they, they lost Goodman as, as a goalie, but they also had, they were playing him in tandem with Cavana. So Cavana gets the full starter there now. And I think they're pretty unfazed and they're still the powerhouse that they were last year going into this, this season. Absolutely. And then you've got new Orleans who's heavy into a rebuild and they're not, I don't think they're trending up yet. Um, I think next season they'll start there's they'll start the climb and then Winnipeg who has also been tearing themselves apart a little bit. Um, I think they're at the bottom. And then, so I think Minnesota gets third, but I think they're also struggling with 
not really an identity of, of who we are, but they just they don't have the pieces to be competitive yet, so they need to build for the future. And they're just not strong. And they're in a division with the top two teams in the league. <laughs> two of the top teams in the league, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that is a very, very tough division for New Orleans, Winnipeg, and Minnesota, in my opinion. When like I know that uh, like the expansion draft and adding Philly and um, uh, Montreal definitely kind of divided up that Great Lakes a little bit, but you basically then move Chicago over to basically compete with Texas to be top <laughs> top yeah. of the uh, uh, Western Conference, right? So, <laughs> yeah, who's yeah. like Chicago's still an extremely solid team before the off season. And then they just got better in the off season. That is absolutely true. They picked up the, uh, the brothers, uh, Marner and I'm blanking on those brothers Boris. name. Boris. Yes. Thank you. Um, that like <laughs> you look at their lineup and I was like, that is three very, very strong, scary lines. <laughs> I don't know how you compete with that, but yeah, Texas again, like exact for the, again, for the things that you noted, like they came off, winning last year and basically have the same team again. So there should like, it'll be a very, very interesting division and be cool. It'd be nice to watch. It'd be exciting to watch those teams go head to head because they will likely be one of the two teams coming out of the, the West for sure. Right. Yeah. And then you've got, I guess the new great lakes is the Northeast, the last division. Yep. And I feel a bit bad for Montreal and New England because they have to compete with three of the <laughs> three of the great three old great three lake of teams. the Great Lakes and New England, <laughs> especially because they moved from our division, which was notoriously bad before. <laughs> and um, I can't remember if they squeaked into playoffs the last season or not, but um, it's. I remember it was funny to look at it because it was like the last place teams in the Great Lakes, I think doubled the best team in the Atlantic in points. <laughs> I think a couple playoffs. seasons in a row. <laughs> like it wasn't that they just beat the top team. They doubled them. Um, but yeah, so, so New England has a bit of an uphill uh, road to climb. Hamilton, I think is still strong, but I, I think they might finally be the weakest of those three. I think Buffalo's kind of the strongest out of there, and Toronto's nipping right at their heels. And Toronto's got the best defenseman in the league with Adam Barron, so they're always <laughs> going to be difficult. Yep. Um, and then Montreal drafted pretty strong for current players, so I don't know. They might be able to push for a late playoff spot, or they might just try and flip those for rebuilds. I guess we'll see. It, they had a very interesting preseason. I'm not like I'm sure they were testing a few things. I know and don't put too much thought into preseason. I know, but uh, they went three and four. Um, they had 17 goals for and 18 goals against. I don't know who exactly they matched up with, but that, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of team goes. Because like obviously with the expansion draft, I felt like um philly had a certain draft strategy and montreal had a different draft strategy and don't really know who got the upper hand right now and i know everyone's been kind of saying montreal um maybe fares a little bit better sooner but but with this new update scale and everything it like yeah, i think it's honestly could be wide open um i do agree with you i think buffalo probably ends up top of that northeast division i 
honestly, I think you could almost put Buffalo, Hamilton, Toronto interchangeably, one, two, three. <laughs> who really knows who has the better FHM luck? Yeah, that's probably fair. more than anything. And then I'm thinking probably Montreal, then New England in tough there. So it's it'll be interesting. It's uh, the, the update scale and bringing just that kind of parity to the league. I think will be make for a lot more exciting games and probably not so many lopsided games. I'm thinking. Yeah, like that. That is one positive. That's also a negative that I'll give to uh, STHS was. Any team who made the playoffs could legitimately win because all you needed to do was go on a run. And for some reason, it would pick teams that weren't overall better than other teams. They would just get hot in the playoffs. That's also bad because you can put together a great team and then just on every playoffs and not have any success from that. Which I think a few teams that that happened with them and they had to that it was just shitty some luck. What do you do? Yeah. Yeah, the FHM gods were not with them, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I think we've covered most of what we were going to talk about. Was there anything else that you think can, you wanted to add? or I don't know. I think like it's been a pretty solid first attempt. I think future attempts we might open it up and take some questions and talk about stupid things like favorite foods <laughs> absolutely <laughs> good with that but yeah so if uh, you don't is have your favorite stream or podcast currently on shl let's get spicy oof um i don't really have an answer for that i think uh the one i followed the longest would be hockey talk tonight just because it was kind of right there regularly available being in a locker room with smith um but started listening to backlogging to some of the ones like uh bongo was done and whatnot and oh yeah i honestly don't have an answer for you because i kind of enjoy everyone's different takes on the league to be totally honest so oh you coward, you coward. <laughs> I'll be a coward. i'm cowarding out of this one <laughs> yeah uh, same question back at you then <laughs> I'll say Rich and Luke just because uh, I I like how in depth it gets, but that's mostly just Rich talking. Luke just kind of uh, it's always like, oh, say hi, Luke, hello, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, they 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 add good content. Um, I will say the one that I I kind of miss the most is is the Joe Cast by Joe Cortezzi. Um, I think he was one of the first podcasts that I was kind of like regularly listening to when I started. And I just really liked like the crap that he talked about just cause it was, it was really, he wasn't really hiding anything from the, from the camera and he had some pretty good co guests on. I think TDZ was on a couple times. Um, yeah. And then like HTT, like completely changed the, the streaming market with their with their four simultaneous cast and they they also changed podcast pay completely and then uh i think jr had a couple episodes from like a, two years ago maybe and uh he promised uh he would have me on in like november and i think the last episode was a september so <laughs> maybe we'll have to have him on one time for us Absolutely. If we decide that we're going to continue doing this. So <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll see how much we get paid for this. Yeah, for sure. Make it see if it's worth our time or not. <laughs> yep. Uh, 
Yeah. I don't know. I think that's pretty much it. Sounds good to me. Uh, well, thank you everyone for listening to our first attempt at this podcast. Uh, if you got any feedback, let us know. Otherwise, have a great day, night, and take care out there. Have a good day.